Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on a Tuesday here, May the 5th, 2020. Happy Cinco de Mayo, all of you peeps out there listening. And what are the odds, right, that it's Taco Tuesday, but it's also Cinco de Mayo on the same day? I don't know how often that happens. I guess I could research it, but uh, I do feel bad for all of my, you know, Southwest you know, Mexican-inspired restaurants here that probably were banking on this being the most epic Taco Tuesday of all time in Cinco de Mayo with all the parties and the, and the specials and the deals and the events. So if you're listening to me and you guys are in a place where the restaurants are open and you can go do it, you know, in a way that you feel safe, please go support the local mom and pop, you know, Southwest Mexican spots. Or if you can do, you know, the curbside pickup for tacos and margaritas and guacamole please do because i know those guys are are probably hurting right now and uh especially if it's in a place where it's high season and this is what they you know forecast for them to bring in a lot of revenue i know they need it you know probably now more than ever so please if you can do your part i know my wife and i will even if it doesn't uh fit our macros we'll uh we'll make an exception you know for this season because i think sometimes it's more important to support those types of places and just worry about yourself if you will which brings me to thinking about guacamole i haven't had guacamole in a long time and i'll share the story quick which has nothing to do with today's podcast by the way but uh i don't think i had guacamole until i was 25 years old and i remember the first time i had it my wife took me to uh jw uh star pass which is down in tucson arizona south here of us in uh the Scottsdale area. It's a, it's a beautiful resort. Uh, I enjoy it. They actually have a great barbecue place too uh, in the golf course over there. But that's the first time I had table side guac made for me at a restaurant. And man, I was like, what have I been missing? Living in Minnesota and the Midwest my whole life, never had legit guacamole. And I believe the next time I had it after that, I went to like JW, JW Camelback in here. Uh, then obviously went to the Mission, which is a local spot here. Amazing tableside guac. Roaring Fork does it good. And uh, it matters. You know, the quality of your guacamole does make a difference because I'll share this story. We did our honeymoon in Bora Bora, uh, Tahiti, Morea, and Bora Bora. If you guys ever get a chance, it's amazing. Uh, well worth it for sure. Uh, I could do an hour long podcast just on that trip alone. But I think we were in Morea the first night we went out to dinner, and uh, it's her and I, and I'm looking on the menu, and they're like, oh, guacamole. And so me being this naive idiot that I am, I'm assuming they know what they're doing. Since you put guacamole on the menu, I assume it's going to be amazing because you're at this you know beautiful resort overlooking the water. Not understanding in my younger years that geographically where you order food matters, and that Probably the guacamole and the tacos and the margaritas you get in the amazing Southwest here, like we do in Arizona, is not going to be the same in Tahiti. And sure as shit, I was right. They came out with what looked like Doritos as chips, which I'm not complaining, but that's not typically how it goes, and it's not what I was expecting. And the guacamole was more like this kind of green paste. It looked like some of that chain garbage you get at a grocery store which is a far cry from my first introduction of having fresh made table side guacamole just the way that I like it made right in front of me in the southwest so the takeaway not all guacamole is made the same and also 
where you order things matters. If you're in Nebraska, probably not going to go with sushi. I'm not saying they don't have amazing sushi in Nebraska, but it won't be my first choice. I'd probably go with the steak. If you're looking for sushi, somewhere in Orange County is probably going to be a little bit fresher. Just throwing that out there. So anyways, that has nothing to do with today's episode, but since it's Cinco de Mayo, it popped in my brain. But before I kick into today's episode of the podcast, which we're going to title, you know, Are Big Box Gyms Dead or the Death of Big Box Gyms? This episode is sponsored by my homies over at Athletic Greens. If you're watching on YouTube, here are the travel packs. If you guys are interested in trying Athletic Greens, hit me up, shoot me a DM, email. I'm happy to send you guys a link for 20 free travel packs. It's the one supplement I do take every single day. I haven't missed a day in probably three years. Admittedly, for me, it's hard to eat five or six servings of greens because I only eat once or twice a day. I would be one big disgusting fart monster and I wouldn't even be able to live with myself, let alone be married. Uh, So I don't eat that many fresh greens every day. I just can't stomach it. Every meal I eat, I do have a huge servings of greens, but it's not enough to cover my micronutrient needs. So I throw in athletic greens every single day. During this kind of stay-at-home season, I've been doing two servings a day, but more often than not, I just do one servings of greens. I travel with them everywhere I go, every country, every state. I take the travel packs, rip them, throw them into a shaker bottle. And I crush them. So if you guys are interested, hit me up. But again, it is my one go-to supplement. If I was going to spend money on supplements and I didn't have an unlimited budget and I could only buy one thing, that would easily be the one thing that I would buy. So if you guys want them, message me, 20 free packs on the way to you. So with that said, today we are talking about big box gyms, the death of big box gyms. Are they going to be around? What will they look like? And what will the industry as a whole look like because of this. And again, I'm not a fortune teller. I don't know the future. My opinion is is worth what you pay for it, which is free on this podcast. So take it with a grain of salt. I will say this before I even kick off. As we've been kind of in this, you know, stay at home, lock at home season, it's shown me that as much of a mutant as an introvert as I am, I do miss the human connection in the daily interaction. And I don't know if that's ever something I would have said before this, maybe because I work with so many people every single day and we're on video all the time and I'm always talking to people on my podcast or different podcasts or Skype calls and Zoom calls and all the things that we've always done for business. But uh, it makes me really appreciate it even more because today alone in our facility, uh, we've had people stop by to pick up things. We've given away most of our equipment during this from everything from rowers to dumbbells to kettlebells you name it we've given it away to uh to everybody and uh today we had a couple of people come by and pick some things up because we're still we don't have a date for gyms when we're going to be open i'm assuming in the next hopefully two to three weeks but until then we're starting a new 34 days to fit program and all of our in-person clients are actually moving to that because they can't come in here yet And just having these short conversations, practicing social distancing with all these people uh, just solidifies that. And it makes me realize like how much I miss just seeing them and and bullshitting with them and talking with them and how much of our mental health is tied to our friends, our family, our loved ones and having an actual physical connection with them. How you guys do business is up to you. I'm nobody to judge, but it is. It is nice, you know, to have conversations with other people and and not live in internet comments and get all your news and your forecasts about life from there. It's literally just talking to another human 
and sharing a message and, and how you've been feeling and what you've been doing. And, and I guess I've missed that. And this has been the lesson I've learned from this. It's crystal clear now more than ever. So I appreciate all of our people and uh, can't wait to be hanging out with you guys and all of you listening. When the world is safe and it's right and you feel comfortable, I would be happy to have you. Shoot me a message ahead of time, please. But uh, come in here and rip a workout with us and, and take a photo and post it and share it. And if we can give you you know some free Jeremy Scott Fitness swag, I'm happy to do so and keep just living a, a healthy, happy life. And I put an emphasis on living it and not just you know waiting for the time to pass by and not just like waiting for everything to be perfect, actually living your fucking life, you know, how you're meant to. So with that said, we're talking big box gyms and uh, with some of the restrictions obviously coming off in certain places, I've been on a lot of phone calls and messages and emails with more fitness professionals than I have in a really long time. Friends of mine, uh, acquaintances, people who are in the coaching space, some of them own small one-on-one shops, small group, some boutiques, some people own franchises, some have multiple gyms, some of these people own big box gyms. Uh, my good homie Travis Merritt has been putting out a lot of good stuff, uh, and Travis runs, you know, different than me, but similar in terms of philosophy and how we do things. And so as this kind of stay-at-home, shelter-in-place order is, is coming away, many people are curious to see, like, what's going to happen in not just the fitness industry, but multiple industries and businesses. And so to name a few... You know, how is the entertainment industry going to be affected moving forward? You know, what do restaurants look like? Depends where you live, I suppose. What do bars look like in the future? Movie theaters, salons, schools, and of course, gyms. But you could throw in airplanes, hotels, sporting events, NBA basketball, Major League Baseball, NFL. I know I was putting out their schedule on, on Thursday. And I'm interested to see like what college football would be like too because I don't know if you can do college football without fans because then it's basically a professional sport. And I'm all for those kids getting paid at this point. I mean, because it's just a, it's a cash machine. But I don't know if that's going to be the direction things go. And so for the fitness industry, if you look on you know social media, you'll see predictions You know that range – Everything from like going back to normal in a few months to the complete death of, of all the big box gyms and people only doing home workouts. And I like to feel the truth is, is somewhere in the middle. You know, I don't like to be a, a doomsday person and I'm not a, you know, sunshine and rainbows up your ass person either. I'm a guy who lives in the middle. I'm optimistic, laced with realistic. That's kind of how I approach life in general. I don't like to play doomsday. I understand what would happen when, if things go to black, can I hedge my bets and cover them? And um, oddly enough, I just was talking to one of our clients here as we gave away some uh, equipment uh, to him and just hearing his story of, you know, how he once lost, you know, like 80% of his net worth in a, in a small time frame in that 07, 08 frame. And then obviously he's built things back up. It's just a, it's a reminder that you never really know what things are going to look like. You just, you kind of roll with the punches and you, you hedge your bets as best you can. And sometimes you get kicked in the nuts, man. And uh, sometimes you can control it. Sometimes you can't, but hopefully you learn from the lessons. And I don't know, you know, in terms of gyms, I don't think people are going to stay and work at home. 
all of the rest of their lives. I don't think people are going to rush back to the gym and do everything exactly the same right away. I think it's somewhere in the middle, kind of like the economy and the recovery. I don't know if it's going to be this V-shaped thing that people predict sometimes, like where it's just it's eating shit right now, and then it'll go back to just like it was. I think this is going to be a slower recovery process than a lot of us want to admit or see, just because I do believe the... PTSD from this, if that's what you want to call it, is going to linger for a long time for people. I think you're going to get a good percentage of people who are over it and uh, are willing to go out and live their lives with, you know, reckless abandon, if you will. And then there's people who probably, you know, kind of live in the middle and they're going to go back to, to life, but maybe a little bit reluctant to do certain things. And then there's the people who are scared shitless to even leave their house now until there's a vaccine and they want to sanitize the world. And I'm not judging anybody. You live your life the best way that you think possible. The best way you can find yourself to be healthy and happy. And only you can understand that balance. But just know we can't live in a bubble forever. We can't sanitize the world. And there is a health impact and economic impact of this. And I know the economic impact is not going to bounce back in a lot of industries quick. And there's a lot of people who even in the eight weeks, have lost careers. They've lost businesses that are never going to come back. Maybe their dream was to open a gym on March 1st, and now it's been crippled. Maybe they've had a restaurant that they poured their heart and soul into three months ago, and now it's gone forever, and they're filing for bankruptcy because everybody didn't get the help, you know, that they were looking for. And so my belief is, you know, some gyms and and some businesses are going to be affected a lot. And, uh, some will be able to pivot and weather the storm here, if you will. And as much as I hate to see some of them close down in regards to fitness, I don't think everybody's going to want to stay at home and, and work out at home their entire lives. I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't see, you know, as many people going to the bigger gyms as they once did either. So again, like I said, I think it's somewhere in between. It depends on personality type, which we did a podcast on already for you guys. But if you're not a home workout person, I don't think you're going to stay at home and work out for the next two years. It's just not the same experience. I've talked with a lot of people here. Some people love it, and some people are always home workout people. That's the best option for them for their schedule. They love what they do, and it's fine. And some people hate it, man. And they're counting down the days where you that we let us loose, and we can get back out into the wild and, and do our thing. So I do think it's going to be a little bit of a shift, but no matter what, I think you're going to see some changes in health clubs and gyms and studios uh, when we're all allowed to open. I know some are already. And I think that's probably the biggest difference. You have to differentiate between like a giant health club and a big box and a gym and a, a studio and a personal training facility where you actually coach people. There are differences. And my hope is through all this shit, and I hate it just as much as anybody listening, my hope is that we raise the standard on everything for people, whether that's just caring, whether that's being connected as a community, whether that's cleanliness, whether that's just being more mindful of our own behaviors and how what we do affects others, then I guess some good can come from it for sure. That's why I say I don't think it will go back to quote unquote normal. But I do think a lot of things are going to roll the way we want them to. It's just, it's going to probably take a little bit longer time for people to forget this shit. Um, compared to other things because it happened so quick. It was that fast and so drastic of a a shift and change. So what does it mean for you listening, right? 
what's going to happen? What do you need to expect when you go to the gym next or when you go to your personal trainer or your you know studio or your boutique place or wherever you work out or wherever you choose to take things forward I guess the first thing you're probably going to see a decline in the the giant groups the huge group training stuff the groups of 170 60 50 are probably going to go away I think you'll see a decline in groups over 20 so I think the people that are doing groups of 30 people all the time probably won't happen as much for the next six months. I'm not saying they won't exist, but I think you're probably looking for people to live in that 15 to 20 range and, and maybe some people even smaller, depending on what kind of community you've created and what kind of culture you have and, and what steps you've taken. And I say that, not that people are scared to work out in a group of 25 people. I don't know the difference between 18 people and 26 people. I really don't. I don't know the magic between 10 people in a group and 14 people in a group. I think we just have to pick some arbitrary numbers. I'm not judging any government agencies or CDCs. These people know more than I do. I wouldn't want to be a president or a governor or do any of these things because it seems like a thankless job where no matter what you do, you're going to piss off half the fucking people anyway. But I think for the fact of the social distancing guidelines and space availability. I think it's hard for a lot of large groups to have enough room to coach more than 25 people or 20 people, if you will, and keep the the social distancing in place if that's what's going to be required. Now, it doesn't mean that the larger group programs, like a lot of the CrossFits, like the Orange Theories, won't open. I think it just means they're probably going to have smaller classes or groups And it may not feel the same if you were expecting that same kind of large group intensity feel, which I know for a lot of people, they get energy from that. There's something to be said about the energy of a a community in a group and a team. And you can get it in a group of 16 and a group of 18, but it's not the same as a group of 40. It just isn't. It's like yoga, right? Some of the yoga flows where they're doing like 50 people in a room. Uh, Some people like it, some people don't. Some people like a large group, some people like a small group. But there is an energy. Like when you go to a concert, whether it's like a comedy show or you're at, if your guys are rocking at Coachella, or like even when I went to see uh, Aaron Lewis here. Now it's not like a rah-rah concert, but there's an energy there of listening to live music and being in the atmosphere and feeling the bass and like, hearing an acoustic performance. There's something to be said about that. So I think the energy from the fitness groups is going to be a little bit different at first. I think you have to understand that. And the second thing, I think you're going to see a decline in the maximum, you know, the maximum, excuse me, occupancy in a big box, you know, probably for several months and maybe even longer. And that might be similar to what you'd see in like the restaurant industry, right? Which I feel bad for the restaurant guys, man, because I know a lot of them, even if they're open at half capacity, they're still underwater. It's not a feasible business model. So hopefully, I don't know. I don't have an answer. I just, I really hope for them because I don't want them to go away because I don't want to see people lose by something that's not in their control. And on the same note, I'll say this, like, I don't want to win by seeing other people lose. That's not winning to me. Um, if we're playing in a, in a sporting event head-to-head, that's different. I'm playing against you, you're pitting against me, my team versus your team, we try to crush you. I don't look at business that way. There's enough market share for everybody. The three gyms I can see here from my front door, I don't want them to go out of business 
and take their clients and athletes. That's not what I'm into. They, the odds of them even being good fits for me and what we do and our people is probably slim to none anyway. So I don't want to win by seeing other people lose. And so I, I just hate to see it all around. But I know some of like the higher end places like Equinox and, and Lifetime um, or the those places like them or even maybe even like above it, like the ultra exclusive gyms are, are probably going to be fine since their membership bases already used to like a smaller, you know, kind of membership based facility and, and there's more space between members. But the other big box places I'm talking about, like the LA Fitnesses, the 24 Hours, which I mentioned yesterday in the podcast where Gold's filed for uh, the Chapter 11, which again, doesn't mean they're going to close. I think they're just restructuring so they can actually stay in business as far as I understand it. I haven't read uh, any of the articles. I just kind of saw the headline. That's what, I, from a business standpoint and knowing how these businesses work, that's what I would assume is going on. But I think those kind of places, LA, 24, uh, the UFITs, the Planet Fitnesses and stuff will be affected since they won't be able to operate at the same capacity without the large groups. And so I don't know if they're profitable when you cut the base in half. Again, I don't know all, I don't see all their P&L sheets, but uh, from the calls I've been on and what I understand, man, they're they're in a tough spot. And so when a gym operates at such a high volume and now they're limited to 25%, 50% of capacity for who knows the amount of time, you know, I don't know if they make it um, in the long run. Again, these are things that gyms are going to have to consider. And uh, it's going to cause a lot of strain and a lot of pain. And again, you I mentioned before, like Gold's already permanently closed the 30 gyms because of the stay-at-home order, and they're in the Chapter 11 stuff, and I anticipate there's going to be other gyms that kind of follow suit around the corner. And again, I'm not a big box gym hater by any means. I grew up training in a like a 24-hour LA-type fitness place. They have their place in the fitness industry for sure, and they do provide a solution for a certain amount of people, but... Uh, I do see a big challenge for them moving forward, and it's not a place that I would want to be at for sure. It seems uh, it would be tough, man, to pivot. I think the smaller dudes, at least in terms of like membership base and how you control quality, are, are going to do a lot better. And again, I'm not just saying because I'm talking right now, but the dudes like me who can control the ecosystem and the environment and we can cut costs and we can be profitable even at smaller numbers if we have to be. And I have the internet and I have a brand that supersedes just, you know, memberships coming in the door. It means something more to be able to coach people and talk to them and touch them. And you have this community base. And a lot of those places for 10 bucks a month don't because people don't give a shit. You're giving them access to rent equipment. It's not the same. And I feel for them. I really do. And I hope I hope they can figure it out and I hope the environment changes and shifts where they can operate the way that they need to uh, to serve the people that, you know, find them to be the best solution. The next one is the small, small group stuff. Eight people or less in groups. And honestly, here, uh, a lot of our groups are, are about that size a lot of times. We offer a lot of time sessions for our people. I don't know the rules and the guidelines of what's going to come out. I'll navigate that when it gets there. But some of our groups like 7 a.m. probably have six people in there. And at 8 a.m. they might have eight people or, or 12 people. And uh, I don't see that being 
affected as much in all reality, especially the stuff that's, you know, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, and down. And the one-on-one stuff, I don't think it'll be affected other than obviously people who have lost jobs and uh, and can't afford it. But if people are willing to, to pay for it, uh, guys like me in places like us exist are willing to do the one-on-one stuff and the, you know, the two-on-one training and those things. And I think that'll become a, a good percentage of their, their market share if they can find uh, the people for it and if they can fit the demand with the schedule. And uh, I think that'll become even better option for people wanting to be in shape if they, if they have the funds uh, to be able to pay for it. And uh, it's easy to coach people uh, to get into shape and uh, keep them healthy and, and keep things clean and, and social distance, all that stuff in the smaller settings for sure. It wouldn't feel, you know, like a, a watered, you know, down group, you know. So I don't know exactly how it plays out, but I do feel the more intimate setting with the personal coaching is going gonna, is gonna to be there. And it's going to be the thing that gets a lot of these businesses through if they can adopt that model somewhere in their facility. And again, I'm not saying a group of 25 can't exist. I just don't know what the guidelines and what's going on, how it's going to play out. Uh, so we'll see for sure. But I do think those, you know, one-on-one settings, two-on-one settings, the smaller groups, you know, 18 people, 16 people, 14 people, 12 people, eight people, uh, I think they're going to be able to navigate it for sure as you move forward depending on how you coach if you coach in pods the group exercise stuff is different too like if you have a group of 12 people and they're cohorted into groups of four but they're all spaced out accordingly that's different than putting 12 people into a small room doing group exercise where you're crammed together there's there's a difference there there's difference having you know in an entire building 18 people but put in pods of groups as opposed to having you know, 25 people crammed into a single small space. So there's certain things that we're going to have to navigate and that's what will change. And so the people who can pivot and shift, at least for the time being, you'll have to, whether that changes in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, six months, you know, we'll see. And again, all of us, all we can do is the best we can with what we have and and what our people are comfortable doing and what the marketplace is willing to do in terms of that. And then the fourth one, I think it's going to be normal to see fitness locations offer both in-person and line coaching. And I believe this, they should have done that forever. You should have always been living in both spaces. I've said this for a long time. We have been on the internet for, I think I've had Infusionsoft, if you guys are familiar, for at least like seven years. I've been using Infusionsoft, which is how we deliver a lot of our stuff. It's, it's an online marketing platform. You can you know, build more complex funnels in terms of not just lead gen, but how you deliver programs. And, and we do a lot of things through there. So for seven years, we've been online. You can find online videos of me before that, but in terms of coaching people and how we deliver it seven years for the last five years, it's been a huge percentage of the amount of revenue we make here. And I love the people here. I, uh, I would never want to just punt it and tell them to leave because they do matter to me way more than just a business model. They're friends of ours and I have fun with them. But if we never coach another human again in person, this business could still exist. If this was just a super fancy, big ass warehouse to film content, I could live coaching people on the internet. I don't want to do that, but we could. I think the hybrid model, if you will, both online and in person is ideal for most because not only are you multifaceted now and you can help your people 
who are here, when they're on vacation or traveling or stuck at home, they have access to all the digital stuff you're doing, but it alleviates pressure on both ends if you have the bandwidth to do it. Some people aren't great in digital, some people aren't great in person, but if you can be in both in some way, be in both in some way, because when you lose part of a business model here, you still have the business model here. So you're diversifying, just like you invest your money. It really is the same way. So I think that should be the, the new normal for a lot of people if they are doing it in a way that it helps their clients and they, and they can do it effectively uh, to be profitable. Because in the, the day, we can talk about helping people all we want. But if your business doesn't make money, it can't be open and nobody gets helped. And again, I'm not, you know, people say, oh, it sounds kind of cold, Jeremy. It's a fucking business. Like, even if like the best products in the world that help people, they have to be profitable to stay open. That's part of it. So in the past, we saw like some fitness gyms and studios have uh, in-person training in some kind of online platform, probably not the best, but now it should be commonplace to see in like every fitness center, you know, gym and studio to offer for those people who want some in the gym training, but maybe not every single day. And this is a win for any consumer because you're getting kind of the best of both worlds. And again, I've said this before, I don't know a lot of dudes who put out more free shit than I do. And I'm not just saying on Instagram, because if I go like, again, I've known Alexia for probably 10 years now. Alexia puts out way more stuff on Instagram than I do. She lives on Instagram, literally. Like, I love her to death. She puts out so much IG content, I can't compete. Now, if you're talking YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, podcast, blog, newsletter, I put out way more stuff. The point of me saying that is I think you as a fitness professional, and if you're a coach listening, you have to give your people some stuff. Some of it's paid, some of it's free, some of it's built into the memberships, whatever it is, you have to be in all places to kind of hedge your bets. And if you're not good with it, get fucking good with it. I'm not trying to be harsh here, but well, Jeremy, I'm not good at this. You were, you you once sucked at driving a car too, and you figured it out. You once were terrible at having sex, and you probably improved over time. Practice makes perfect, right? In all seriousness, you guys, like, you just have to. It just it helps your clients, and it helps make you a better coach. It really does. I've shared this before, and I'll let you guys go. I remember filming this series of videos for Livestrong. One of the first, I think I signed on. I don't know the first contract I did. Maybe it was like. 50 videos at first and then I signed on for like another 150 which was looking back on it a mistake uh, for the money but uh, I signed on for these videos and how we had to film them was I would have to speak through the entire movement and then show it afterwards so meaning I had to talk into a camera and talk someone through how to deadlift but I had to make my face not look like a serial killer smile have normal facial expressions and walk you through verbally how to deadlift, how to do skater hops, how to do a push-up without showing it. And if you're listening, you're like, well, Jeremy, it doesn't sound that hard. Do something right now. Talk someone through someone you do physically, but don't show it at all. Don't move your hands. Don't change your facial expressions. Don't look and act like you're thinking. Just talk them through how to do something basic. How to, from the very basic stuff of how to ride a bicycle, how to deadlift, approach the barbell, feet inside shoulder width apart, hinge at the hips, slide your hands. You know, you, you get where I'm going with that. It's way harder to do than it sounds. But that uncomfortable experience, which was awful for me to do, A, showed me how much I sucked on camera, uh, and 
hence the person, you know, today why I can do what I do. But it made me a much better coach because it made me realize like, wow, if somebody's not that great visually and when you're, if you're not saying it in a way that they understand, they're not going to understand how to do a hip hinge properly. So not only do you have to write it down, you have to get coaching cues that make sense for the average person and you have to be able to show it in a video so it makes you better at your craft. And that's just for my fitness pros out there listening. Um, I do think it helps alleviate your business. So again, knock on wood, God willing, this kind of shit doesn't happen again. I don't think the economy can recover from it. And if it did, we got way bigger problems, man, than than fitness shit at that point. But the point being is if you can't do something and some part of your business model is taken away, what can you still do to help your clients and help your members and help your athletes to the best of your ability if they can't make it to the gym because they're stuck at home and they're on vacation, they're traveling, but they still want to work with you and support you in what they do? How can you still deliver to them if they can't come see you on a Wednesday at six o'clock? That's the problem you're solving. Your business as a health professional and a fitness pro is to solve people's fucking problems, to make them the healthiest and the happiest and the most functionally fit they can be regardless of where they're at and try to deliver and help them any way possible. And because we have the technology now, video can do that. Audio can do that. Written, text, podcast can all be part of that. So if this is a lesson for you guys, hopefully it helps you. And again, I'm not saying in-person training is dead and you shouldn't still do group training. I'm, I'm a fan of all that stuff. But it's nice to have a couple more tools in the toolbox just in case. And I think your clients will appreciate you for it. And it shows that you're trying and you're going the extra step. And you're willing to over-deliver and do what you can to A, keep your business alive, but A, to keep helping people. Because if that's your calling and your craft, then fucking help people the best way you can. Don't be a lazy ass. Uh, Sorry, this is my soapbox for fitness people who've been messaging me and um, again, I'm not judging. I'm not perfect by any means. I, I'm I'm a knucklehead like everybody else. But in terms of this, in this narrow lane of what I do, I'm pretty good at what I do. And I try my absolute best to help people and meet them where they're at and solve their problems. And again, I'm not for everybody. What we do isn't for everyone. But if we have an athlete here and a member and a client who has an issue, I'll exhaust myself trying to solve their problem because we're in the service industry. And you're trying to serve them and help them how you can. So, Now, all the stuff I listed, that's what I think will happen in maybe the next, you know, 90 to 180 days, three, six months. Because eventually, people are going to forget about their experience with this shit. The scars will be there, for sure. Uh, The memories. Some of the things we did that were necessary. Some of the things we did that maybe we look back and think were, you know overly corrected or ambitious or just plain lacking of common sense and stupidity, the hoarding of toilet paper and, you know, water. And and it's just that kind of shit. I I hope we don't forget and realize like, hey, you don't have to be an asshole. Help your common man. Don't hoard stuff and be a fuck face. And I just that there's no place for that shit whatsoever. So I think eventually we're going to forget not the scars, they'll be there for people who lost businesses and who lost family members and, and friends and, and that stuff. But I think we will we'll move forward from this because people do. Um, every crisis I've been through, I've been through, this will be three now, you know, 9-11, economic ones, I mean, 07-08, and, uh, and now this. 
and we'll go back to our normal lives. You know, in every time normal shifts a little bit. Before 9-11, if you remember, getting on an airplane was not as stringent of a process as it is now. And that was changed forever. You know, 0708, the way you could get a mortgage has changed forever since then. And those are good changes. And I think after this, some things will change too, and hopefully there'll be good changes. And if the changes are, we're more mindful of what we value and appreciate. And if it's for, you know, government entities and hospitals, if they're if we're prepared for, you know, shitty scenarios and we have all the right equipment and ventilators and all the things that those guys are responsible for. If the preparation for that prepares us for things in the future, then maybe that's the good thing that comes from it. And maybe we learn on how to correct and how to shift and move forward. But for businesses, you know, like gyms, you'll have to anticipate, uh, you know, these kind of things if they happen again. You can't have a knee-jerk reaction. And if something like this does rear its head, hopefully you put some pieces in place to kind of be able to shift with them as best as possible. And again, being transparent, I thought there would be a shift in the economy because I did think, you know, when you look at history and you look at trends and I'm friends with a lot of smart people, way smarter than me and way more financially successful than me that have done way better money wise and have have lost more money than I've ever made in my young life and have remade more again. Um, I did think there would be an economic shift and a change, but I didn't think it would be this. Clearly, I didn't see a pandemic coming. It's not it was not on my radar. But um, I think hopefully in the future, if something does pop its head up, I think hopefully people are just more mindful. And this is not just fitness. This is for everybody. Just, you know, be smart and uh, save for a rainy day, whether that's three to six months of emergency expenses and just making yourself as valuable as you can to your company and having a set of skills that makes you a linchpin and just... You know, looking out for friends and family and building a strong network of people. And I think through all this, you realize that the people matter and your relationships matter. And uh, being able to know your neighbors, and I don't just mean like the people who live in close proximity to you, but like your neighborhood, your city, your community, your town, and building the relationships there. Because that's at the end of the day, like we're all in it together, but we're all in a different boat, right? And uh if your boat has a hole, maybe your neighbor can lend you something to kind of fix it and we can play off each other. And so a lot of times you're going to be the hand, you know, that people are reaching for, but sometimes you're going to be the hand that's reaching. And I think that's what we have to remember through all this. And so it's like us just, you know, coming together and being like fucking Americans, man. Like, again, anybody else listening in every country, wherever you're at, you know, you're Canadians, whatever, like you're, you're bound together and we don't, separates and we don't go different directions and we don't worry about, you know, uh, should we stay at home? Should we go to work? Red state, blue state shit. We forget that shit. We make the best decisions for us. We don't judge other people for what they're doing and what they're scared of doing or, or how reckless we think they're being. That's not our place. We don't play the comparison game. It robs us of joy. Nobody wins from that shit. You do the best you can for you and you try to be a responsible person for your community and your people and understand your behavior does affect others, but you can't live in fear and you have to do what's best for you and your family and those people you care about and just try to be an awesome, nice fucking human. And if we do that, we're all going to be all right, man. So what does it mean for you? And, you know, what are we going to see, you know, in terms of gyms moving forward? 
I don't know what it looks like exactly. I think the things I laid out are probably going to be as close to, you know, a forecast as possible. But if anything, I think you guys are going to notice more options for you. And you should notice that you're going to find more solutions to fit your specific needs, I think. And uh, I don't think big box gyms are going to die. I don't think they'll disappear forever. I think we're going to go to music concerts. I think we're going to go to NFL football games. I think we're going to do a lot of the shit we always did. It might take more time than we want. It might be an awkward phase. It might look slightly different moving forward, but we're humans. We're pretty smart. We're pretty resilient when we put our heads to it. We got some of the smartest scientists and, and doctors and shit working on things. And it's always weird to navigate things up front, but I think in terms of fitness, what you guys will have is is more options and hopefully an elevated level of coaching and, and caring and more solutions for you and your family looking to get healthy and get fit. And, and I think of anything from this, you take away, hey, if we protect our body and our mind and our immune system and we put ourselves in the best position to be successful and happy, we'll be okay no matter what life throws our way. And again, this is a kick in the nuts, man. And like I always say, life will always do that to you. No matter how good it is, it'll find a way to kind of fuck up shit. And uh, it's up to you how you bounce back from that. And just know, like, I'm here to help you guys any way that I can. That's why I'm putting out these podcasts. I'm trying to be as, you know, positive and as realistic as possible in the same sentence. And hopefully it uh, it makes you feel better when you, you know, get off the episode than you did before you listened to it. And uh, just know if I can help you in any way I can. I'm here to do so, whether that be all the free stuff or any of the programs we have running, that's my job. And I'll keep doing it as long as you guys keep showing up. So a reminder, quick 34 days to fit program is kicking off here in let me look four days, three hours, 37 minutes and 57 seconds and counting down. If you guys are interested in joining me for the next 34 days online where all the gyms are still not open or if your gyms are open in your area and you're not quite ready to go back. Let's do this together, and by the time we're done, hopefully you're ready to go crush it in the gym. But for now, the program can be done in your living room, your backyard, your garage, or anywhere you train with just a set of dumbbells. Link is in my Instagram bio, on my Facebook, on my LinkedIn. It's coming on every email from now until, I believe, May 9th, which is going to be the day we close down the registration. And again, if you guys are struggling with money, been laid off or furloughed or things are just tight and you want to get down with it, shoot me a message. I'm happy to send you a podcast discount code. It is uh, my way of trying to help you guys out any way I can because I know this is not ideal for you. But if you want some more detailed coaching and be able to pick my brain and be surrounded by a like-minded, awesome community of positive people inside our private Facebook group there, hit me up. I'm happy to help you guys out if I can. Share with a friend or family member if they want to get in too. The more the merrier, man. Let's do this shit together. and Let's all get through this weird stage of life uh, and be a little bit fitter and a little bit uh, more functionally strong afterwards. So... Again, a reminder, if you guys are on iTunes right now on your iPhone, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Go to your podcast app. Scroll that finger all the way down. Drop me a five-star. Leave a couple comments. I'd appreciate it. And if you're on iTunes on your MacBook or your iPad, go there. Click ratings and reviews. Five-star. Leave me a couple sentences. I'd appreciate it. Keep sharing the podcast, you guys, with friends and family on your story. I love seeing uh, you guys do the workouts. It's super cool uh, that we get to have people in like every country uh, tag us and do our stuff. It's very humbling and very neat. And that's why I say it's just a unique time to live where we can connect with so many of you guys all over the world. I really do feel blessed because if I was doing this in 1976, 
it'd only be the people in my small town, which is still super cool, but it's it's awesome to see hundreds of thousands and millions of you listening and uh and doing our shit. It's just a it's just pretty cool, man. It, it just really is. So I'm very um I'm humbled by it. Sincerely, uh I am. So again, reminder this podcast came to you guys from my homies at Athletic Greens, the one something I take every single day. If you want the 20 free travel packs, shoot me a message. I will send it to you. It's a game changer. Once you start taking it, you probably won't stop. And it's a great way to cover all your micronutrient needs. It goes with me everywhere I go. It's like my dark passenger. I take it with me everywhere, except it keeps me healthy. And uh, just puts me in a better uh, state of mind as I kind of move through my day. So thank you, guys. I appreciate you. I'll going to try to get Heather on the podcast tomorrow. I just had a lot of bullshit stuff to get through. And so sometimes my schedule uh, gets tough for her to deal with. So I'm gonna try to bring her on and her and I will wrap about what we got going on and what we're doing here moving forward. So again, you guys sincerely, I thank you. Be safe, stay sweaty. And until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people. And please, you guys, Keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.